0: Good morning. It's so good to be here. How are you? Good. All right, we're waking up. Uh, so my name is Joshua Ernst. Uh, my wife, Heather, and I and our family are U.S. missionaries with Chi Alpha, which is the Assemblies of God U.S. missions arm that reaches out to university students on secular campuses. And we've been loving and serving students on college campuses for 15 years. Uh, the past 10 years, we've been serving students at UW Oshkosh, right here in Wisconsin and have seen God move in some powerful and life-transforming ways. I want to thank Pastor Mark uh, for the opportunity to come and share with you what I believe to be the most strategic mission field in the entire world, and that is the university campus. I, I, I didn't say it was the most important mission field. I hope you caught the difference there. The most important mission field is the mission field that you're called to. Uh, whichever one that is for you, but I do believe it is the most strategic and by the time we're done this morning I really hope that many of the rest of you will come to see why and feel the burden that keeps us up at night And uh, causes us motivates us each and every day to get back out there and reach college students with the gospel of jesus See there's really only one number that I want you to remember today uh, If there's one thing that you take away from this message today that causes you to pray, to remember us, to partner with us in missions giving and support, uh, it's this one number. That number is 66. 66%. Currently, statistics show that 66% of our Assemblies of God youth group attending teenagers, our church kids, when they graduate from high school, will stop going to church and never return. That's two out of every three. Believe it or not, that's actually the good news. Um we're actually doing better than most other denominations. Uh Barna research tells us that our actual overall statistics across denominations is that the number is closer to 75 percent. Three out of every four are falling away from God after they graduate high school. Some tell us uh, from the Southern Baptist tradition that their numbers are closer to 91 percent. Now I could share with you story after story of teens that I know who had a really rough time transitioning into college, but I'd rather that they share it with you themselves. And so I want you to take a quick look at what your student, uh, especially your graduating seniors, are going to be encountering, facing in the very near future. As a disclaimer, this video might be a little hard to watch. It's produced by a ministry, but it shows a pretty accurate description of what's taking place on our college campuses. And so, if I don't mind, if you don't mind if I offend you a little bit, uh, you need to see what's happening to our kids. Check this out.
1: The first week like every parties going on everywhere and I was just running around just going nuts just trying to meet people and I did get sucked into that party scene pretty quick.
2: I was just trying to meet people in the dorms and kind of went to my first dorm party. I'd never even seen a person drink before much less having drunk people all around throwing up
1: in the bathroom stall next to me.
2: I'd like never had alcohol before and that I knew would be like the big thing like okay Catherine you're cool you're sure of yourself you're not gonna drink and like the first weekend people were shoving drinks in my face and I was taking them and I was like oh great I'm not gonna make it like what is this I can't even say no one time I drank so much that I don't remember half of
1: my experiences we had some people over I drank way too much
2: I remember I got a fake ID, I started going to the bars with my roommates. I can look back and I can be like, how did I get to that party? I don't even know how I got it. I don't even know if I went with a sober driver. Who knows what could happen to me? My freshman roommate was not a believer, so I tended to follow in that footstep. My roommate uh, had a problem with marijuana. My one roommate, she started smoking weed. Her boyfriend was a drug dealer. (laughs) Getting involved with people that were just not good, godly people to direct me and to help me and coach me along. And you know, there were nights when we didn't go out and I would pick up my Bible and I would read it. And I felt so unworthy. I felt like, how dare I pick up my Bible and read it after the things I've done. And so eventually I didn't read it at all.
1: What people told me in high school um, like ministers and other other college students was get involved in the campus ministry as soon as you get there.
2: In fact, I can probably say that I didn't realize what I was doing to myself because I was so focused on just fitting in, being cool.
1: Everyone has to make their own choices but in one way or another it's going to catch up to you and it's going to cost you.
2: And freshman year I seriously don't even know how I passed a lot of my classes.
1: I drank so much that I could have maybe killed myself and the doctors didn't know if I did any brain damage or any damage to my body with that amount of alcohol.
2: Eventually, in all of this mess, I was sexually assaulted. And that throws you down really deep. How did I put myself here? And I went home so broken for Christmas.
1: If you're that drunk and someone's trying to even help you, you, you get scared and you try to fight them off. So, uh, so then they had to basically restrain me, which is why I was tied to the bed the next morning.
2: And it took going home and actually continuing the habits that I was living. Of drinking and being with guys.
1: When I woke up and you don't know where you are, that's bad enough. But when you're tied to a bed and there's doctors and stuff and your dad's looking down at you, at that point in time, I was like, all right, I'm never doing this ever again.
2: After a particular experience, I was home and I did open my Bible Mom. and I just started crying and I was on my knees and I. I said, Lord, my body is a temple, and I am not treating it as the temple that it should be, and I just cried and cried, and I I remember specifically that moment, I don't remember what I said or what I prayed, but I remember from that moment, I said, I won't do this anymore. I fused. Right now, I've been walking with Christ again for about two years, and I'm still healing from a lot of deep, dark wounds. It still took me a year and a half to basically work through what I had done in a few months of a semester.
1: You have to look at not what's best for you here and now, what's going to be best in the long run.
2: So many times I've been on my knees and God I wish I could change it. Lord, please if I could just make it go away and it was a bad dream. And it took me a long time to learn that God has restoration. For every single one of
0: us. The girl's name is Lori. In a more extended version of that video, she says, I wanted so badly to belong. To have a place to belong to and be friends with that I was really willing to do whatever it took. Why? Why is this happening? Why do we need to have Chi Alpha? The first reason we need to have Chi Alpha on our college campuses is to protect the investment. To protect the investment that you and your pastors and your your youth workers and your Sunday school teachers and you as parents have made into the lives of your students over the last 18 years of their life. I mean these kids have, have gone to youth convention and camp and they've sat through Sunday school lessons and nursery lessons and all of this stuff. How can this be happening? And I'm telling you that every day, college students everywhere are making decisions that are going to affect them for the rest of their life. They're deciding in college, trying to figure out what it is that they're going to do 40 hours a week, every week, for the rest of their life. It's a huge decision. Many students are changing their majors three to five times during their time in university. Even their college two to three times is normal. They're deciding who it is that they're going to marry. Who is it that they want to wake up next to every day and journey through life with? It's a massive decision. And finally, they're deciding what it is that they personally are going to believe about God and spiritual things. And this is actually much more difficult than you might think. Because professors on our campuses are, they are, they're indoctrinating students with the teachings of secular humanism, teaching them that everything that they think they believe or that they've been taught, they need to forget and leave it at the door. In fact, I I know of of students who've come to me who said, I couldn't believe it. I walked into my classroom and the first thing my professor said to me was, Alright, right, sit down. First thing you need to know is I don't care what it is that you think that you know. I want you to leave all that stuff at the door. Because when you come in here and sit down, I want you to be a blank slate. Because I am going to tell you what truth is. And students listen. And this guy's got a whole bunch of initials after his name. Ph.D. and M.D. and all these other Boy, he must be smarter than my professor. Or rather than my pastor. Probably smarter than my parents. And they tell us. In that Bible, that's just nothing but a bunch of fairy tales. You'd be surprised. How does this happen? Well, let me let let you in on a secret. You can't make a college kid do anything. Did you know that? Teenagers, it's true. When you get out, you're free. You actually get to do whatever you want. And so you can't tell a college kid to go to bed at night, You can't tell them to get up in the morning. You can't tell them to stop playing Xbox. You can do whatever you want to do. And so Saturday night comes and our students are out and they're having a good time and they're doing whatever they want. And the first thing they need to do is get up on Sunday morning, okay, which if you know your teenager right now is a feat in itself, right? The next thing they got to do is find a local church. Most of the time, our parents and our students have not even thought about whether or not there is a solid church for them to belong to in that community. Or have even looked at where it is or how far away it might be from the college campus. Most of our students don't even have vehicles their freshman year in college. So even if they did get up, even if they did find a local church, they might not even have a way there to get to The local church and when they do get up find the church and find a way there when they get there More often than not in most of our churches. We've got a great Sunday school and nursery program We've got a terrific youth ministry for our teenagers and then we have this big gaping hole from 18 to 30 years old And people come and they find anybody their own age Nothing there for them specifically. They got no, they just, it's just so much easier to sleep in. And one week turns to three weeks, turns to five weeks, and all of life happens in those weeks too. Pretty soon it's a semester, and then they're gone. It's just like that. When you combine all these things with incredible peer pressure and this overwhelming desire to belong, it brings many to a crisis of faith. Without a Christian influence on our college campuses, many students will and are falling away from Jesus. What's even more upsetting is how many students on our campus have never even known God to begin with. We are becoming less and less a Christian nation. In fact, if you haven't heard... The United States is the third largest unreached nation in the world. Only India and China have more unsafe people than America. We're sending missionaries to all these countries all over the world, but we're forgetting about our own responsibility right here. It starts right here. At the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, we have a campus of over 14,000 students. It's the third largest school in the whole UW system, beaten only by Madison and, of course, UW-Milwaukee. But because of that, Oshkosh is oftentimes not the college of first choice for many students. Many students are there because they couldn't get into Madison or Milwaukee. And consequently, many suffer with feelings of inadequacy, of frustration, hopelessness. Some have given UWO the nickname UW-Zero. For that simple reason. UW sloshgosh, Maybe you've heard that term. This is a picture taken right in front of the entrance to the school on move-in day. As parents are driving their kids to college to move in their stuff. Uh, in front of one of the fraternities on campus. Why does Kai need to be on campus? Because not everybody is there to help. Now, I don't know about you. If your parents are driving your students, you're like, never mind. We are going home. Just forget it. Not doing it. If you take a pic- look at this next picture, Oshkosh is also, from our understanding, the worst party school in the state. While uh, many others get involved in Mardi Gras Fest at Madison over Halloween and some of the nonsense that goes on the rest of the year, many of these students from Madison and other places will drive up to Oshkosh to party. Some students don't even go to class on Fridays anymore. They start drinking on Thursday nights. I've heard this at Oshkosh, uw Claire. They call it Thirsty Thursday. I want you to look at this picture. It says the top 20 colleges and universities for drug and alcohol arrests per 1,000 students. UW-Oshkosh is number one in the entire country. uw Stout is number two. UW-La Crosse is number three. UW-Eau Claire is number 17. And UW-Whitewater is number 18. We have 520 schools right here in Wisconsin. 10 in the top 50. On this campus of of more than 14,000 students, less than 3%. Attend any sort of campus ministry or spiritual input whatsoever. 97% of these students do not go to or hear about anything about Jesus. If students are not reached with the love and power of our passionate Savior, most of them will never come to know the Lord. Statistics tell us that 85% of all people who come to know Jesus do so before the age of 25. And the habits and the attitudes and the belief systems that many of them pick up in college will affect them for the rest of their life, the way they view the world. Another reason Chi Alpha is so important is because the future is on the campus right now. People knew this 25, 30 years ago, and it's why they have gone after the, UW, the university system the way they have the future of the world is there. These students are going to be the next generation of everything. They're the next generation of, of teachers and doctors and lawyers and businessmen and women and engineers. Think about it. Everybody is going to college. And if we can reach these students with the love and the passion of Jesus, many will go on to live godly lives in their workplaces and make a great difference in the lives of their coworkers. But they're the future of business, artists, engineers, filmmakers, politicians, judges. If you don't like the world the way it is right now, campus. If you don't like the films that are coming out, you need to reach the university. If you don't like judges and politicians and politics, or these are these our best options, you need to reach the university, because that's where the future comes from. Well, does that really work? Well, let me show you a couple pictures. So, you guys know Chris Allen from American Idol? He's the guy that actually won it away from Danny Gokey back in that season. Chris Allen was a worship leader at the University of Central Arkansas for Chi Alpha. Now he's a world-renowned superstar. Maybe you know this next guy if you don't remember Chris Allen. Carson Wentz selected round two last year, new quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, heavily involved in Chi Alpha at North Dakota State University. He is a solid, Jesus-loving, crazy person. He loves God. He's, uh, I don't know if you saw, he had an article in Pentecostal Evangel not too long ago about, uh, playing for a charity or a, a thing called Audience of One, playing for the audience of, of God alone. And, uh, it's exciting. Maybe you've heard of this other guy. His name is Mark Zuckerberg. He made a little thing called Facebook. He is not a Christian, but imagine if he was that Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook in his dorm room at Harvard when he was 24 years old. He is, as I just looked up, currently worth $59.4 billion. Three years ago, Facebook crossed the threshold of $1.3 billion, which means that if Facebook was a nation... It would be the largest country in the entire world, surpassing China and everybody. One kid from his dorm room at twenty four years old has changed the world. They are our future. But they're also the future of the church, guys. Let's face it, we're all getting older every day, even me, every single one of us. My son likes they're starting to show up everywhere they go. I say, well, they're all from you, so. We're all getting older. These students, guys, they're the next generation of everything. And that also means they're the next generation of deacons and board members and youth workers and Sunday school teachers and everything. I mean, let's just do the math. If 20% of our students are going off to Bible college to pursue full-time ministry and 80% of our students are going off to secular university, 66% of which are falling away from God, Where is the church? Where are the lay workers? It's gone. I'm telling you, if we don't reach college students, the church in America will slowly bleed to death. Finally, Caiapha is valuable because of international students. Did you know that there are over 1 million international students studying in the U.S. right now on our college campuses? Over a million students from every nation in the world. And investment in Chi Alpha is not just investment in U.S. missions. Investment in Chi Alpha is also investment in global missions. Why? Because these students are filling our dorms. And they have come here to learn and to study. And the incredible part is that they speak English. They, they want to know what makes us different. They want to know what we believe in. And if we can reach these students with the love and the power of Jesus Christ, disciple and mentor them, many of them will go home to their own countries as indigenous missionaries who will work hard to see their families saved and their villages and their cities reached. And we know students who have gone home to their countries and are making a huge impact for the kingdom of God. There are countries as, US, as world missionaries that you can't even get into. And I am telling you that they are sending students, these unable, closed countries, they are sending students to our college campuses to learn and to study. And they speak English. And they are three miles from my front door. I don't have to cross the sea. I just have to see the cross. I have to remember their value, their importance. You guys, the U.S. State Department estimates that between 25 to 40 percent of world political leaders are sending their kids to college in America. Over a fourth of the dictators, kings, and princes, the rulers of nations are sending their kids to college in America. Some of these students are going to go home and lead their countries. Imagine if we can reach one of those students for Jesus. We're not, I mean, even if they don't get saved, I mean, even if they just didn't hate Christians, that would be a good step from where we are in the world right now, you know? I'm telling you, this is a picture from about a month ago at Purdue University where we had a Discover the Nations conference. And what's really cool is that these are students from 15 different countries, all lined up singing, How Great Is Our God? in their language. Just going through the song, one language after the next, after the next, after the next. Students who have found a relationship with Jesus, and you want to see a picture of heaven, watch Watch young adults from every nation singing to the glory of God in their native tongue. It is. He loves every tribe, every nation, every people group. And we have the opportunity to reach them right on our college campuses. This is why I tell you that Chi Alpha reaches the most strategic mission field in the world. Where I feel like you could get, truthfully, the biggest bang for your buck, so to speak, you have the chance to protect the investment, to reach the lost who've never heard, to change the future of our state, of our country, of our world, and reach the entire world, to be reconciled for Christ. In the university, the marketplace, the entire world. I don't know if you realize this, but the last four major revivals were begun by praying college students. Students who had the world, including our modern Pentecostal movement, the Assemblies of God, birthed out of praying college students. I want to give you a quick update on some of the things that have happened. When we're allowed to launch on a campus, when churches 10 years ago chose to pick me up and say, you're right, we need to start a Chi Alpha. We need to have a campus ministry at UW Oshkosh. And they sent me. Since then, since we launched on campus, we worked hard to create an inviting A thriving community of believers. Our students have been focused on the mission of God. Reaching out to students everywhere. Providing everyone a a, a place to belong. And opportunities to believe and become all that God has planned for their lives. We've seen over 125 students baptized in water right in the university pool. In the last 10 years, we've seen over 130 students baptized in the Holy Spirit, endued with power, to go out and live on mission with a radical witness on their university campus. We've seen 25 couples meet and marry from within our own Chi Alpha group in the last 10 years. We've seen 12 babies, children already born to these couples. We're talking about new families, guys, new legacies these students are, are teachers in high schools for math. They are pastors in churches. They are nurses all over the world. Some of them are IT computer techs. Right on the university campus, they are influencing and getting into the market. a difference, loving people for the kingdom of God. It's been incredible. There's so many stories. I wish I had time to tell you all of them. What God has done in the lives of these students on just this one campus He desires to do on campuses all across Wisconsin and northern Michigan. Because as awesome as it is that God has done so much on one university, I got to tell you this story. So there was one student, or a couple, excuse me, Nate and Abby. Nate helped as a part of our move-in crew on move-in day. And he uh, helped us haul stuff in to... Help students move in. Students and everybody shows up, 3,500 freshmen on one day. They all come. They dump all their belongings on the side of the road. Their parents drive off to go park the car and leave this kid with all of their earthly belongings, like standing there on the side of the road, like, it's cool. I belong here. They're coming back any minute now. And Chi Alpha comes in, and we say, hey, looks like you got a lot of stuff there. You need some help? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Awesome, they all swoop in, grab all their stuff in one load, haul it up to their dorm room, bring it in their room. Parents come back, they're like, whoa, that was easy. <laughs> Who are you? Hey, we're from Chi we're a campus ministry here at UW-Oshkosh. I just want to give your student a place to belong from the second they get here. want to you know, let you know you're loved. We've got a whole bunch of things we will be doing this week. We'd love for you to come hang out with us. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff, a lot of great things planned for you. Memory-making stuff, it's going to be awesome. They get involved, so Nate helped Abby move in. Nate and Abby kind of hit it off, and a few weeks later, they decided to start dating. Nate and Abby were core leaders. They were They loved Jesus. They were incredible. I got to do their wedding a, couple of year, a few years ago, and Nate and Abby celebrated something very special because on that day, after dating for four years at UW Oshkosh, they invited all of us to watch and participate in seeing their very first kiss as they kissed on their wedding day at UW gosh A couple of students had gone their whole career dating the whole time and had never even kissed. This is one couple of several that followed this legacy that they lived Nate and Abby just finished support raising and they are now brand new missionary associates in Thessaloniki, Greece, reaching out to unreached people groups at Aristotle University where there's 85,000 students. Roma gypsy children living in the dumps outside the city and the A21 campaign warring against human trafficking in that really difficult country. One couple of hundreds the power that they can accomplish. It's remarkable what God can do. God's recently called us to move on from UW Oshkosh to oversee Chi Alpha for all of Wisconsin, northern Michigan. It's going to be our job to recruit and train more directors and launch more Chi Alpha groups on campuses across our state and our district. So we're moving from adding to the kingdom of God on one campus to multiplying the kingdom on many different campuses throughout the state that will help individuals find a place to belong and find freedom and purpose in a relationship with Jesus. When we st- At just the two campuses, we had UW-Oshkosh and UW-Eau Claire. This last fall, we launched two more Chi Alpha groups. We launched NMU, Northern Michigan University, and UW-Madison. I got a text from my UW-Madison director last Monday. He said, you're never going to believe this. Our last Chi Alpha group of the year, we had 132 students at our gathering. At the end of one year, I couldn't believe it unprecedented, unprecedented to have that much, that many students in the end of one year. It was remarkable. I'm excited to tell you that we're launching four more Chi Alpha groups this next fall. We're going to be launching at UW-Superior, UW-Milwaukee, UW-Green Bay, and Lawrence University in the fall. God is doing radical things. We've gone from two to eight.